Good morning and welcome to another edition of Sales TV. Uh, today we are obviously back at the Grenville Turner Studios in Cranfield uh, and we are going to be talking about business development because apparently it's International Business Development Appreciation Week. Uh, who knew? Um, we're very, very, very fortunate today to again not have Alex in the studio, but we do have Ishika, who is a MSc student currently doing uh, an MSc in strategic marketing. And if we can bring in uh, our guests as well, we also have Amanda, who is an MBA alumni from Cranfield. So we're we're starting now to expand our Cranfield presence. Uh, and uh, what I'd like to do is, if it's possible, going with Ishika and then Amanda, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Firstly, I would like to thank Andy for uh, inviting me and I'm pleasure sharing this so far with you. So I'm currently um, pursuing my MSc in Strategic Marketing at Cranfield University and I am specializing myself in analyzing market trends, developing marketing strategies and also executing effective uh, marketing campaigns which might help businesses to achieve their goals. Right. And I saw you at Bang & Olsen on Bond Street last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, you, you, so you're going through the real low-level kind yes. of brand straight away there, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. And, and Amanda, o over to you. What, 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 uh, what are you doing at the moment? Um, hi. Um, I'm working as business development representative in a fintech company based in London. So basically, we're doing global payments, increasing payment conversions online. And I was working as a sales back in Taiwan before, so I have a couple years of experiences in sales. Excellent. Excellent. It's a pleasure to have you both here. Uh, and obviously, we're joined by Alex and Adam. Do you want to say good morning, guys? Good morning, guys. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old joke, but it keeps giving. Uh, well, excellent. So um, we've, uh, I've got a couple of questions and we've actually also got a couple of questions from some of the audience that have uh, not said they're not going to be able to make it. But um, obviously, Ishiko, you know, I've, I've been in the same classroom as you and you put out a great post that was really didn't kind of get sales, didn't get business development. But, but after obviously having kind of like a couple of hours with me, you changed your view. Yeah, absolutely. Because earlier back in India, I when I was working as a sales executive in a company, uh, sales was too boring for me. It was like too hectic and it was like only selling what we have told to sell. But eventually my perspective over sales changed after the module that was taught by you and Mr. Javier. So it was like earlier, it was all transactional and it was only about selling things. Mm -hmm. But eventually, I got to know that it's not about just selling, but it's like maintaining a long-term relationship with the customers, as well as building that reputation with them. So in one module, we were taught by Mr. Javier about how do we speak uh, to our customers, the gestures, the way of talking, and how to be, how not to be de desperate as well as keep our point about selling something that we want to. And I feel nowadays customers are more um, known about what they are purchasing, uh -huh. unlike before. Like they, you, they do 
a lot of research before actually making a purchase decision. So when we had this um, activity in class about selling an aircraft, so it was like we are obviously known about what we are selling, but of, of course the customer, the one we are selling to, mm -hmm. are more informed about what our market trends are, what our accounts are, what are the or like the book value of the asset and everything. Mm -hmm. So that was literally something which I didn't knew earlier. And um, it was like kind of fun knowing how sales actually is a vital role in any business or any successful business strategy. Yeah. It, it is you know, I'm sorry, uh, Andy, I'm not surprised Akisha has been through that experience. I think so many companies feel that they can scale sales and they're living in this world where maybe that worked temporarily for a few years when this idea of content creation and scaling content creation and, and the traditional funnel actually delivering sales to an organization at the level they needed them to. And then I feel like companies are still chasing that. And the reality is it doesn't work anymore. Also, I'm sorry, no I would problem. add a point here. Um, earlier, I would feel like sale is just selling this, but eventually now uh, learning strategic marketing, I feel it's like backed up with multiple things like branding, the way you present it, the advertising, the CRM system, the retail management and everything. It should get in place, which, uh, which is then, the product is sold. It's not just selling or it's maintaining relationship or anything. It's just all backed together as a sale. Yes. Yeah. Salespeople don't just turn up and sell. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, you, you, you've done some selling. You've then come away and done a, an MBA, which, which obviously gives you a very rounded view of business and the things that you need to do to be a leader. And, and what's your views? How's, how's your perceptions changed around it? Um. I think my perception changed a lot in terms of I have to understand cross-departmental skills, what they are doing, not just for selling and sales. So back in Taiwan, I was I had an optical, which is I I was not sure how logistics works looks like, what production thing looks like, what is um, the accounting rules and every regulatory changes. I I actually have no clue about it. That's why I pursued MBA at the first place. And in doing MBA, I got to learn strategic marketing as well, negotiation skills, accounting, and um, supply chain, and also um, project management. So this kind of skill kind of um, prepared me to understand everything's talking from each department, which is quite crucial because being a, a sales or business development, you have to keep an eye and monitor on every step of your onboarding process. Then you can make sure your customer has a smooth journey to make, make to help you to close the deals because it's all about closing deals and fortunately the partnership, right? So that's uh, how I learned doing MBA and takeaways. Uh, and have you found the MBA and the, the you mentioned obviously logistics? Have you found those things have really helped you become a better kind of business development person? Um, sure, um, because um, 
taking supply chain as an example, I during when I was working as a sales in Taiwan, during that time it was the COVID time. So um, especially our factories in China. So uh, everything was postponed due to the lockdown. And we are responsible for European clients. And um, I think the lockdown period is quite different. The Asian lockdown period is different from Europe. So I have to explain a lot of things, which I don't even know because I'm, I was not based in China. And I, after supply chain module, um, I got to learn how the backend works, software of house works. Also for my internship, I work as a JD Log um, business development in JD Logistics, which is one of the biggest um, e-commerce platform like Alibaba in mainland China, and they are also selling some um, robots and automated um, worker um, robotic machine to all over the world. So. Um, I guess I, I get to know how it works smoothly and I can explain to clients. But right now I'm working in FinTech, which is uh, quite different from the traditional sales because, because we don't have physical products. So it's all about um, negotiating with engineer integration and compliance. So it's a new journey for me. Wow. Um, I'm interested, Ishika, coming back to you. Before you kind of had obviously a wonderful lecture with me which is just understandable that would be a great change in in your life did, thank you gentlemen yeah. um <laughs> adam's just run off to be violently ill um did did you see sales as having a stigma did did you kind of look at that and go not for me um um, if I talk about stigma, I feel that there are some circle in sales where people do find it a little pushy. Mm. Uh, and we've talked about this in class where sometimes it's like too um, uncomfortable for people. Like if they would do, uh, like people think that how do we convince people to buy something they don't want to. And <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, then it comes like, I feel like sales is about understanding what our customer needs and providing solution to it uh, ethically. So um, there might be some stereotypes about sales regarding their uh, not very uh, like overwhelming for people, but I feel like it's very important for business to grow in order to survive in this competition so um, there might be some people who actually think like uh, the the gmail emails that pop up every single day about something that uh, people are not willing to do but there are some different segments that actually get influenced by these sales strategies mm -hmm. so there are pros and cons both according to me yeah i think yeah. i think there is um it begs a question. It begs a question, actually. The the uh, I'm, I'm really curious, having kind of worked in different continents, different countries, and led teams in different countries, where you know a, a team might say, "Well, hang on, that approach won't work here." But we've got Amanda from the Far East. We have Akisha from uh, uh, India. Yeah. Do you see? huge cultural differences do you see that you know sales as a profession won't work here or certain methodologies won't work here 
Um, if I talk back in India, there are many methodologies because uh, um, when I was studying branding module, um, uh, Mrs. Sharifa taught us how the advertisement is pictured in order to influence customers. So some adword that were trending in the UK that did not go well in India. So I guess uh, the businesses okay. should have segment market about what they want to sell and apply the business strategies accordingly, I believe. The language, the language yeah. used. Yeah. yeah, and also the yeah. culture involved because um, there was an ad word which went, uh, like if I talk about uh, Bulbary, the brand, which had a backlash in, back in China, we had this discussion in class because they kind of did not um, consider the culture in China and it was banned in China for a while, I guess. So I think everything gets in place, like if, in, if you're advertising something in India, you should consider that segment and while you can uh, advertise in UK or for that matter China, so we have to consider segments accordingly. Yeah, and I guess from a sales perspective, Amanda, what's your view? Yeah, um, actually, I segment um, customers from different regions. So, for, for example, I put European as Europe, EU, and UK as one, and the States as another, and Asia. The reason why I I divide it into three is because I understand I get to know that the people from the States or India they they kind of accept they accept like hot sales and more aggressive way to do sales and they follow up quite frequently um, and also like do sales pitch in bulk they just more focus on results and efficiency rather than like fostering a partnership I would say because they are very um, money driven but for European clients because I went back in Taiwan I also focus on European markets it's more about consultation and indirect sales each for them, you have to um, make a connection with them first to make them you to build a trust, and you can um, ask about some questions and their insight for their industry. Then maybe you can find a place to step in. Oh, we have this kind of solution if you're interested. So for European clients, I never do hot sales. I rather do consultation and first and see. What do they need in their product point of view or user's point of view to help them to grow the business? You have to make them think like you are helping them to do real revenue groups instead of just selling product. For Asia, it's quite um, East Asia. It's a, another different story because, um, as you know, we sometimes we encourage like hustle culture, like working overtime, something like that. So I did notice, witness a lot of our Chinese teams, they have to work with their phones even at night because the customer texts them on WeChat like every day, even it's a weekdays, weekend. So um, it's and they have to go out to have a drink together. It's not like the social <coughs> drinking European culture is more like they really have to get drunk sometimes. So it's quite interesting to find cultural differences, um, but I'm not I'm not in charge of Chinese um, clients, but I also will sometimes will make connections with them and find differences and then 
I will formulate my strategic way to do a sales approach. It's brilliant. I'm, I'm okay with that get really drunk culture, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's underexplored in sales. Um, uh, Ishika, you I mentioned... something. I, I thought something was really interesting here. Uh, so both of you guys are at the start of your careers. And Amanda, you said about consultative sell. And Ishika, you said about ethical sell. And I think it's really interesting that uh, young people that are coming into the sales industry have got a very mature and good, in quotes, view of what sales should be. And both of you kind of railed at the concept of, oh, hard sell or, yeah, just forcing people to buy something they don't want to. Uh, both of you went, oh, no, don't like that. And, and I think it's really interesting that already uh, you are behaving in that way, that you're looking to do the right thing and sell people something that they need. Uh, and you're looking to, to uh, sell something that will solve their problems rather than just sell something. Although clearly you're both um, aware of the fact that you do actually have to still sell something, but you want to sell the right thing to the right person at the right time. And I think that's tremendous. Yeah, I do too. And I think some great comments that are coming in here, obviously the one here, you know, the, the extent to which the general public does think we are, you know, the, the profession is unethical uh, is a challenge. And I, you know, I echo Adam's uh, sentiments that to have two people who are at the start of their career talking about that and grasping that right now and still considering business development and sales as something that is worthy and, and fundamentally it's mm -hmm. the lifeblood of every business is, is really cool. Um, you know, so from that perspective, I, I want to kind of change gears ever so slightly. So there was a question that came in to us, um, and I'd like both of your views on this, if possible, is does sales equal business development and everything else is account management? And take a, if you take a while just to think about that before you dive in, but I'd be I have a set view, but that it's not about us, it's about you. So I'll repeat the question. Does sales equal business development and everything else is account management? What are your thoughts here, Ishika? I feel um, all the three are interrelated. If I particularly talk about sales, it's about selling something which we already have. And uh, business development is constantly evolving your company by grabbing opportunities, developing relationship or partnership with other companies, coming out with new trends, uh, showcasing your product like completely different by your comp uh, from your competitors. And account management is like repeatedly keeping your customer in touch. Like um, if I buy a computer from a XYZ company, so I have to constantly maintain that relationship is what account management is. But business development is like constantly evolving and grabbing new opportunities in the market is what I believe. So it, they, they, these three are interrelated, which creates a successful business, I feel. I think it's a great answer. Amanda, yeah. what, what do you think? Is, is sales equaling business development and everything else is account management? Um, I think when speaking about titles, sales will be more associated with like more junior role. So for I categorize two um, things like pre-sales, which means sales and business development, 
after sales means account management. So pre-sales, two types of sales and business development. Sales for me is the more junior, like starting role. Maybe they focus more on outreach and paying clients, but this is development is more focused on you have to stay updated with the industry trends. You have to um, have a webinar talking about it. You have to fostering your thought leadership, or sometimes you even have to work with your another similar companies to to have built a partnership together to find another way to capture clients. And so for me, uh, business development is have to also have to work with marketing teams. I think the huge differences from sales and business development is about marketing, how you marketing yourself, how you push your marketing to um, provide the visuals to help customers to understand how everything works. And after sales, which is account management, is more like upselling and cross-selling skills because they already, it's, they already close the deals. They, they pass to account manager. They have to monitor all the transactions and every products. And for more like manufacturing world, account manager, they have to focus on the quality control more. And also after selling product, what's their feedback? But if you're working in tech, um, account manager will be more like cross-selling and upselling um, based on what they have and finding their needs before they even figure out. So that's how I uh, categorize three different roles in terms of title. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think both answers are wonderful. Um, my own interesting personal experience was being stood in front of a hundred account managers at a company which will remain nameless and, and talking about sales and targets and, and there was people at the back going, no, don't, don't do that, don't say that, these people aren't in sales. And, and the viewpoint was, well, do they have a target? Do they have goals? <laughs> yeah, do they have a, and the answer was yes to all those things. So what happens if they don't hit their target? Well, they get asked to move on. Yeah. So to me, it looks like, looks like a sales role. But to your point, Amanda, as I thought it was really, really powerful, it's a different type of sale. And I loved your vision of cross-sell, upsell, maintain sell. Um, absolutely fantastic. Guy, guys, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess my thoughts have been sort of conditioned over many years of doing various different roles within companies. And so I think a little bit like Amanda, there's almost this uh, this role for each. If we think of the if we think of it as job titles, business development is typically lead generation, working with marketing, perhaps sales is managing the deals and closing the deals and then account management is looking after existing customers but I um, I took it upon myself to ask uh, chat GPT their view I don't know if you want to hear the answer <laughs> yes please business development encompasses the ideas initiatives and activities aimed at making a business better this includes increasing revenues growth in terms of business expansion increasing profitability by building strategic partnerships and making strategic business decisions. Business development activities extend across different departments, including sales, marketing, project management, product management, and vendor management. Networking, negotiations, partnerships, and cost saving efforts are also involved. All these different departments and activities are driven by and aligned 
to the business development goals. Well done, ChatGPT. <laughs> it's but really interesting, isn't it, that uh, you asked ChatGPT for a, a definition of business development and uh, what it gave was a more strategic perspective on that than you have and indeed I have because you know business development is beneath sales in the hierarchy within most organizations that that I know but actually it shouldn't be because business development is about it's not just about selling I use just with a small j it's not just about selling it's about developing business developing markets developing relationships which is a much more strategic and uh, long-term uh, objective potentially but it Great comes point. back to what Amanda was saying, isn't it, about when you did your MBA, actually that broader perspective is now help, helping you be in this business development role. Yeah, of course. Um, I heard from like a lot of MBA alumni, not particularly in Cranfield, they all say that, oh, after studying MBA, you might not get the value after you, right after you graduate. But every single hit you, like maybe within three years. But for me, it already hit me right now because I really have to uh, negotiate with internal teams or like in uh, products and also even accounting, marketing and integration team about everything if I cannot understand how it works. If it's better right now, uh, we have office all over the world, we cannot meet in person. So, um, I think starting MBA can really help me to have a, at least basic understanding about what they are talking about and what's, what is the better way to communicate because sales for me is the act as the voice of customer and also the company face. So translation is quite important internally and externally. Yeah. No, I think that is really important and, and I think the commentary, the things that you put out there, Alex, and then your follow-on, Adam, is right. It's like, we just think about it, let's be really harsh. It's about people knocking on doors. That's yeah. what it's about. Business development is about that. It's just a numbers game. And actually, it isn't. Um, you know, and how many people get the opportunity to work across sector, work across the companies, and bring something to market in a more accurate way? Uh, I know I've worked for companies where product marketing and, and product development were, were were so divorced from the sales organisation and the customer conversation, it was almost embarrassing. Um, but, you know, maybe these are the things that we do need to address going forward because, you know, you're going into whatever role you go into as you go and, and, and you know, Amanda in yours, you are the linchpin of making sure that the revenues of your organisation reach the highest that they possibly can be. Yeah, and how... How many, how many salespeople right now are being asked, um, how many calls have you made? How many emails have you sent? Why aren't you updating the CRM as opposed to, how can I help you develop relationships better? Mm -hmm. You know, funny is one word, Andy, I'd use frustrating for many. Yeah, I think I think it is, but I think this is the great thing, isn't it? That uh, you know we're we're open enough as three old white farts to be listening to the views of people coming into for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mate. I'm, I'm looking at you right now, mate. You're in that category, believe me. Yeah, um, 
but 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 what's actually fascinating fascinating and I'm, and I'm going to kind of throw this to you Amanda if I can um, and ask you in terms of the people you interact with in the customers that you want to sell to what's the demographic like are you know because there's increasing kind of theories now quite rightly that Actually, uh, and I, I think Jensen put it out yesterday, well, uh, Alex's uh, son and one of my colleagues, that Gen Z is a completely different world. It's very diverse. It's, it's very much female-led. It's very non-white-led. And yet I've got this funny feeling that traditional sales organisations are very white, middle-aged-led and don't look, after, don't look like their customers at all. So, uh, Amanda, your experience of what do, what do your customers look like? Um, because right now I'm more focused on game industry and e-commerce. So two of these industry have the extremely different um, demographic for games. Um, most people I talk to, they are about 30 years old male. Because they have talked to the publishers, um, producers. So the game enthusiastic, most, I would say mostly male. But that's why I also meet uh, a lot of women, they kind of have a non-profit organization called Women, women in Games to help women to understand uh, the games landscape. Um, for e-commerce, um, depends on what we want to focus about, but according to the recent statistic, um, the fashion, um, fashion e-commerce still have the biggest um, proportion and market share in terms of e-commerce. So in terms of fashion, um, I have to deal with uh, a lot of younger um, uh, females to um, fostering our connections and partnership. So um, basically, in terms of nationality, um, mostly Europeans, uh, UK e-commerce is very, industry is very um, advanced in the UK, I would say, comparing to other European countries, it's more dynamic. Um, and also, we are not binding to the EU rules a little bit. And um, I met a lot of people from the US for gaming. I I got to know a lot of people from South Korea, Japan, because um, gaming have the one of the biggest revenues actually in Asia. So it depends on the industry you are focusing on. That's a really good point. And but. So it switched back to the, the MSC that you're doing. Mm -hmm. What was really pleasing is about 50% mm -hmm. of the actual class is, is female. So you're starting to see, obviously you, you were in India, you're starting to see more females wanting to be more commercially minded and go into the role? Um, well, as you said, that 50% of the alumni goes for the business development. And after this conversation, I'm kind of intrigued to go to this field. So, um, uh, like, I'm not sure about the female or the part that you mentioned, but I am now looking for, uh, as per the Amanda's insights, I'm like uh, now into more going to this field to explore more about the business development thing now. Yeah. So, yeah, I would look forward going there. I, I think, you know, this is, this is a bit of a self-defacing, but I used to work for a very big IT company and I remember we went to see Avon Cosmetics and the, the CIO and we walked in and, and she was a female and every member of the team, including IT procurement, was a female and we walked in with every member of our team being male. 
and the CIO turned around and went, what's wrong with this picture? And that was, 20, that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's brilliant that we're bringing in uh, young, diverse people uh, into these roles. I mean, you know, it's, we've got to look like customers. We, you know, we've got to be interconnected and it's taken a pandemic to make most sales organisations be digital and, mm-hmm. and hybrid, whereas, you know, young people like yourselves have, are connected in, in so many different ways and collaboration digitally is just something that you do. And also the advancement of the AI nowadays, the virtual AI, the augmented reality and everything. Yeah, I I, I mean, in class, I was amazed. I put up a spreadsheet to, and everybody took a picture of it. And within three minutes, it was actually a spreadsheet on their telephone and it blew (laughs) my head. And it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. It's like, you can do that with Excel. And it's just like, you're so old, Mr. Professor. It's just like, yeah, that's, that's very true indeed. Yeah. So, um, any closing thoughts from our, our guests offline? Amanda, any thoughts that you have to leave us with? Um, I think if we're talking about the future of um, the business development, it's more like how can we leverage the advanced AI tools and platform to maximize our um, result at the same time, minimize our, um, like I would say, routine works. So I don't think AI can can replace sales in the future because it's all about human touch, creativity that AI is not good at. But, but it's better to think how can we utilize that to um, make business development more um, comprehensive, like especially combined with VR and AR technology, we can create more immensive, immensive experience for clients to make them experience our service like right in front of them, as long as they have the headset, something like that. <laughs> and yeah, I think um, I'm very excited about the future of business development. How cool. can we work with the AI? Excellent. Uh, and in a couple of sentences, what's, what's your I would completely thoughts? agree to Amanda's saying. Um, I feel like the future business development is more like AI based. and But I feel like um, AI can do the boring stuff like ma- managing data and everything. But people should be for the human touch and the thing that we talk to customer, understanding customer. Though it can be done by AI as we were discussing back in class, but I feel that human touch should be there in business development thing. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, thank you for everybody. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Ishka. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Alex. Thank you to the studio here. Um, please do join in. We've got a really packed agenda over seven shows next week for uh, the week, which is uh, International Women's Week. And But you'll find, actually, as we go forward, we'll be handing the show over two huge amount of female presenters next week and for the rest of the year. So really, really excited about that. Thank you for everyone and bye to everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.